The Dental Brief is brought to you by Omni Premier Marketing and the amazing guests who bring wisdom and advice that you can put to use to take your business and practices to the next level. Find us on Facebook and join the conversation. Get ready to grow because we are kicking off the next episode in three, two, one. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Dental Brief. So uh, thrilled for our, our guest today. I'm um, looking forward to this. Um, I have with us on the program, Dr. Ren McAllister. Say hello to everyone. Hi, how you doing? Nice to see you all. Hey, it's, it's great to have you here. And here's why I'm excited. I mean, not only are you going to share with the audience, but some of the issues that you're going to talk about are issues that I've had problems with today. Um, I mean, when I go to your website, uh, Hand Guy MD, um, first thing I'm seeing is tired of hand pain and numbness issue that I struggle with on and off. Um, so I'm glad to have you here. I think you're helping dentists all over the country. And that's uh, fantastic. Um, why don't you tell me a little bit about how you kind of chose your area of specialty in medicine, uh, and then we'll go from there. Sure, sure. Well, I began playing a lot of sports in college, so had exposure to to athletics, and then related to that were kind of the injuries, and then and orthopedics in particular. And as I got going in, into things, finding stuff I like to do, I like to fix things, I like to do stuff with my hands. I enjoy just basically making things better. So getting into medicine and getting into surgery is pretty a pretty easy decision. And then hand surgery, I, my, my father was an artist, and he used to say that he was an aviation artist, and his buddies would hate painting the little airplane windows, and he, he just kind of loved that. And so I saw that attention to detail, uh, not too dissimilar from dentistry, really, because you're working in, in kind of uh, small areas and things. So uh, enjoy the detail with that. So it was kind of a natural progression. And then there's just lots of lots of surgery, lots of things to do, and 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 a lot of applied anatomy so people get better. So that was a pretty easy decision uh, to help people in that respect. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating what you guys do. Um, tell me how you started kind of helping dentists or when you realized that there was a need in dentists or having some struggles here. Obviously, yeah. there are ladies and gentlemen that work with their hands, but when did that kind of come to, to, to fruition for you? Sure. Well, it, actually, ironically, a long, long time ago, I used to date a girl whose dad was a dentist and, and then her mother was a uh, uh, work for a dentist. And I remember he, he would wear braces in clinic. He'd nap at noon and he was afraid to get his hand treated because it really he was afraid of killing his career, basically. And uh, that kind of put the first seed in my mind. And then as I've gone through the past couple decades helping people realize I see the same patterns start to emerge. And, and uh, most and a lot of what I see is preventable. Uh, people just sort of, uh, you know, I, I sort of say I basically clean up the after effects of chronic disease, systemic inflammation, and violation of fundamental principles of musculoskeletal medicine. So uh, I feel like people come to me with there's a there's an information gap, and that's the whole point of Hand Guy MD is to try to fill that gap because it takes a lot of effort to go to the doctor. You spend a lot of time you sitting in clinic. It takes a long time, half day off work, and so people don't really want to come very often and. And that's understandable. But at the same time, in, in missing that opportunity, they also miss out on the information they need. And if you get on the Internet and start searching around, most stuff's written by journalists. You know, they're, you know, I sort of the, what I like to say is if you wouldn't go see them in the real world, why would you read what they have to say is sort of right. how it works. So so that was the genesis of that. And then have a lot of folks that come to clinic, you know, dental assistants, uh, dental hygienists and dentists as well that develop injuries over time and and difficulties. And again, most of it. A lot of it, I think, is preventable, uh, and so that's kind of the goal is to get, reach people before they end up in my clinic. Yeah, and you know we're really early into this episode, and we're going to jump into um, some things that you can do preventative to help 
avoid having to go see uh, the surgeon. I think that's always a, a good thing, um, unless, of course, you're the surgeon. Uh, however, I know that that's, you're trying to help people. Yeah. That's great. You have a quiz on your website. And again, the website's handguymd.com. What's that quiz about? What's going to happen there? So there's really there's four types of numbness that you can develop or four ways we can think about numbness in different ways. There's peripheral compression where the numbness is occurring because a nerve's under pressure in the extremity. There's central compression where it could be at the neck or at the spinal cord level. There's generalized nerve dysfunction where all of your nerves are basically not working well. We call that peripheral neuropathy. And then there's finally post-traumatic, which is just it's the last bucket and that comes after injury. Uh, pretty pretty straightforward if you have that one, but trying to understand the first step is to understand what type of numbness you have or you're having, and then from that you can then follow the path. And I find a lot of times people come in, they'll say, "Oh, I've I've got carpal tunnel," and they don't even have numbness. It's not that the mis level of misinformation about what's going on uh, is is pretty high, and and that's okay. I mean, just they're asking friends and family, but everything's an N of one, and and nobody you know they have their own experience, but. They don't really know what they're talking about. So they, they end up going down a path and years later they come in. And that's the challenge is, is it's not an emergency when these things happen, but the longer you wait, the longer you put it off, that then increases the risk that you need surgery and things like that down the road. So um, right. I, I won't reach everyone. There's still enough people that'll, that'll allow me to feed my family that'll ignore it long enough. So yeah, emergency rooms are filled with emergencies that are the end of symptoms that started six months ago or a year ago. Exactly. Real, yeah. Real real yeah. common thing. So, um, you know, economically, um, when you're doing well financially, I think it is pretty easy to push through pain, suffering. Uh, I think it's pretty easy to pop, I, uh, you know, some type of uh, ibuprofen or something like that, Tylenol, what have you. And I think it's pretty easy to, you know, hit some ice and to keep going to work. But if you're not doing well financially, right, if there's not some financial reward, it's really, really hard. And for some of our team members in dental practices, they, they have this type of pain. They don't necessarily have the same type of financial incentive to push through it. And then they, they miss out. And then, of course, we go, oh, hey, they're just being babies or what have you, as far as farthest from the truth. How do we help them? Right. What are some things that we can do to, to help those team members kind of keep in shape, stay in shape and, and avoid missing days of work? Yeah. Well, that that's where it all gets back to. So over the past couple of decades, kind of watching people, a pattern emerged. And, and I, I, I get the, the sort of the privilege to see a cross section of society, all ages and pretty much everybody of any kind of, you know, um, whatever demographic you want to describe comes into clinic. And there there's a concept I call foundational health. And, and basically, fundamentally, we're missing the, the building blocks of what really drive health and wellness. And, and the result of that ends up, you end up with a lot of inflammation, you end up with these kind of overuse injuries. And so the downstream effect is what I see people with diabetes, obesity, you know, uh, you know, pain, there's psychological impacts that, that amplify pain, you know, if you're not managing stress well. So the four pillars are, are sleep, think, eat and move, basically. And it, it, it isn't expensive. It's not a, it's not a, um, you know, a program you sign up for. These are just fundamental principles that drive sort of our human condition. And, and so the first most important thing would be to, with each of your team members, make sure they're kind of hitting all those areas They're getting adequate sleep. They're managing stress. Well, you know, they're eating as, as best they can. And, and the main thing would be limiting sort of sugar processed foods that drive a lot of inflammation hmm. and then they're moving and they're active. And so, um, so you start with sleep as kind of the baseline that really drives everything. Inadequate sleep 
beyond just shortening your life. It'll change how you think. It'll change how you eat. You'll you'll jump for those sugar those sugar foods just to give your brain the glucose that it needs. So so starting with good solid sleep uh, sets you up psychologically and physically, and then getting into managing stress. I know dental practices get busy. You know the dentist is trying to hump you know, get through all the patients, you know, that they can as quick as they can, trying to keep things on time, then the staff sometimes feels pressure. And so, so managing the stress side is important too. You know, we're, we're guilty in medicine. I used to joke, if, if you want to get heart disease, go to a medical, you know, a medical conference or something, because the food is just crud, basically, you know, right. Uh, so try, you know, trying to have quality nutrition, hydration is important as well, especially in for nerve conditions as well. And then movement. And that's probably the last, you know, that's probably the thing that's most important. Many of the conditions I see, I'll see thumb arthritis, I'll see lateral elbow pain, and we'll see numbness and tingling. And what happens is when you're when you're not strong and fit, you tend to concentrate stresses in, in different areas because you can't support it. So a lot of what you're doing in dentistry and even hygiene and assisting is a lot of pinch force. And so the thumb CMC joint, this this joint right here, tends to take a lot of the a lot of the force. And you may not notice it right away, but after 10, 15, 20 years of doing this, you're going to start to aggravate things. And so the stronger you can get your forearm muscles so you can actually support that with a neutral wrist position, that'll help reduce strain. It'll also help reduce numbness. A lot of times if your wrist is bent and you're doing things, that increases pressure on the nerve, which can aggravate things. So, so trying to make sure that people are physically fit uh, and, and focusing really on forearm strength, you know, and in uh, in in Japan, they have the the motor companies. They do the calisthenics together and and things like that. Right. You'll see that. But really, you know, a program of working on actually developing, you know, uh, strength in the forearms will help support that, and that'll help your staff stay healthy. It'll help you stay healthy healthy as well. Uh, keep you working longer. So th those are important principles. Yeah, let me ask you a, kind of a, a vague question. It'll take me a minute yeah. to get there, so I apologize, but. I had a few years back where I got myself into a mess with my elbow, right? It wasn't tennis yep. elbow, but it severe inflammation, a lot of pain. And then what I actually found out was causing this was the way that I was holding and looking at my cell phone, right? Yep. It was actually causing the pain in the elbow, not my hand, not my wrist, nowhere else in the elbow, yeah. right? And it, was, it was really nasty pain, right? What yeah. are some things that you see that people are doing every single day? Maybe it's phones, maybe it's the way that we drive, maybe I don't know what it is that they're doing that are actually putting themselves into situations where they're increasing their chances of having some issues here. Yeah. The big, the two biggest things are, are one is just constant kind of chronic use without giving yourself a break. So that's a fundamental, mm -hmm. the, one of the fundamental principles of musculoskeletal system is rest and recovery. You know, a professional soccer player can't play five games in a week. They're going to strain a tendon, pull a hamstring or something. And the same thing is we're not designed to sit there for hours in, in one position doing something, whether it's on a computer or over a person uh, or, you know, constantly doing that. So taking frequent breaks is helpful to stretch and just give your body a chance to reset. Most of the things that go wrong in the body, the body will solve it itself if you give it enough time to rest and recover. When you start stacking repeated episodes on top of one another, then the body doesn't have time to fix things. And that's where things start to break down. Sure. Uh, and, and then the ergonomic aspect of it in terms of how your wrist is positioned and things like that. So if you're spending a lot of time with your wrist bent or in awkward positions, like you're holding a phone, you're absolutely going to drive uh, more, um, uh, you're sort of more strained to certain areas. The lateral elbow, the outside is probably where your elbow hurt. That's a pretty, com pretty common thing to see. And, and we'll even see that with early, you know, early numbness in the hand because you'll start to change how you use your hand. And then that'll affect the, you know, sort of concentrate things at the, outside part of the elbow and the stronger you are again all those things tend to, to occur less frequently so that's another reason why building the strength is important 
Uh, but taking me, frequent breaks and stretching is key. You know, we um, we ask this question to almost every guest that's on a show, how to help, help find an expert to help them um, when they're in trouble or they need help or to prevent uh, getting into trouble. And, and obviously, you know, highly skilled, highly trained, right? Highly credentialed. Um, in the world of hand surgeons, that's going to be the case across the board, but specific in dentistry, is there, if you need help, is there some certain things that you would look for when you're trying to find uh, a doctor to help you? Yeah, I, one of the main things is, so I guess when you have a hammer, everything's a nail, right? So, yeah. so um, you know, it, and so it may not always be a surgeon that you're looking for uh, in the sense of, you know, when you have a problem, you'll need one. But really what we're after here are, is at a more fundamental level. So, you know, uh, personal trainers can help you with strength and conditioning uh, programs. You know, they might come out and talk to you about how you're, how the staff can, you know, everyone's going to be able to start at a different level, but how they can get stronger that can be helpful. Ergonomic evaluations. Um, one of the interesting things I was thinking about this, you know, as we're getting ready for this is, you know, a lot of the instruments by sort of, I use a dental pick in the operating room all the time, but they're very thin. So you, the, the challenge is the more narrow something is, the more pinch force you generate. So if there's a way to design instruments with thicker handles, that actually would help quite a bit in terms of giving you mechanical advantage when you're actually doing things. I don't know necessarily how practical that is, but, but, um, but, you know, if someone is so motivated, has an engineering mind, you know, trying to design instruments that will that will uh, uh, that will help minimize pinch force will be helpful. But those would be the main things. It's really going to be, you know, uh, strength and conditioning, ergonomic evaluations and then general health as well, which, you know, as a I guess, you know, as a surgeon, it's partly my own sort of personal journey. My wife's a health coach and and then partly just after a couple decades doing this, I sort of feel a little disingenuous when I send people back out in the world thinking I just kind of fixed the problem, but really I haven't solved the issue for them. So that's, right. that's really, that's really the fundamental stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, hey, I want to encourage our audience that, you know, if you are struggling right now, if you're worried about struggling or you want to make sure that you never have to worry about struggling, or hopefully you don't have to worry about struggling, I want you to check out the handguymd.com. ton of information on there. Take the quiz get in front of this, I think would be a really smart thing to do. To do. Dr. McAllister, thank you so much for spending time with us today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. If anyone has any questions, just go feel free to reach out. Happy to answer any questions if they have anything and at least get them pointing in the right direction or help any way I can. Awesome. Thanks for your time, sir. All right. Thanks. Have a great day.